Hey, Evan, what if we created a podcast of just some of the conversations we had? Do you think people really care what we talk about? No, probably not, but maybe it'll be moderately enjoyable. Welcome to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast with John and Evan, where the takes are always cold and the coffee is always hot. Evan, how have things been going, dude, during this quarantine time that we are in? Quarantine. Quarantine. John, you don't drink coffee, do you? Uh, no, but it's always hot. It's always hot? That's good. <laughs> Except when... The coffee has <laughs> not been hot during quarantine times. Everything is cold and sad. Like your heart? And lonely. Not... It's a little harsh. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. Quarantine has been productive. We wrecked a tree in our backyard mm. and burned things. Um, <laughs> the tree, mainly, we, right? Mainly the tree, also other things. Um, John, we made it to a Champions League final and lost. We lost. We did. It was tragic, but... Yeah. We're terrible. Well worth our time. Uh... I discovered a new type of person, and that is Shirtless Dad. Tell me about Shirtless Dad. You know, I've, I've heard rumors of Shirtless Dad. So, Shirtless Dad is a person. We're standing at the kitchen window, just doing the dishes, minding our own business, when along comes just this hot dad pushing his baby carriage around with his shirt off, but in blue jeans and tennis shoes. <laughs> He's fully dressed, except for his shirt is off. It's like 65 degrees outside. It's not shirtless weather quite yet, but he's like, hey, I'm married now. I can walk around. I love that he's wearing pants and not shorts. Pants are there. Pants are there. I think yeah. the jeans really throw him into the dad loop. Basically, if there were a calendar for shirtless dads, this man is January. This man is January. He's January. Wow. He's cover feature. What do you think the right best... Now? What's the best month? Do you think they put their best on January or like somewhere in the middle? Well, clear January because it's the first impression. You got to rope them in, you know, yeah. the shirtless dad. That first impression, Rose. Got to whip that taken shirt off around them, pull them in. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I have a new goal in life to be shirtless dad one day. Okay. Could be worse. John, how's your corn, corn time been? How's the 20 quarantines going for you? <laughs> um, It's been pretty good for me. I have... um. I've really tried to do a lot of new stuff. Got a camera, which hopefully that goes well. Um, got a... Uh, that's about it. Yep. Got Started a camera. The Sims. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. Started a private life. That's for our other, that's for Sorry. Our other podcast. That's the other podcast. Um, yeah, I bought some, bought some different video games. Stay entertained. Um... My doing, Twitter got, I got locked out of Twitter, so I had to make a new one, 13, but 13 followers. you're doing better yeah. on Twitter than ever before. I had now. seven likes out of 13 followers. I think that's a pretty high standard of likes. Pretty good ratio. It's not too bad. Um, started Audible, trying to get into that. I've watched all of Toy Story, watched all, well, we watched all of the Lord of the Rings series. Um, so yeah. It took us the first two weeks all day, every day to watch the Lord of the Rings, and we, we barely made it through. Barely made it. But that ring is gone. We threw it in the fire. Sauron dispersed forever. Good night, Sauron. And could have ended so much quicker if <laughs> Sildor had just not been a bug. There would be no books. And Elrond had just said, I'm throwing you into the fire. 
whole thing's done. Third age over. It's not how that's gonna happen. It's tragic. Um. Anyway, yeah, things have been pretty good. Um. Yeah, not a lot happening. We're still working, taking calls. Um. It's going great. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with this first real segment. Welcome back to the Moderately Enjoyable Podcast with John and Evan. And Evan, as we kind of take a step into the second segment, um, I would like to talk about maybe the new social norms that are going to come from this coronavirus. And I think before we really dive into that, where we've where have we been like in terms of uh, socially? Like we've kind Trends. of been going, yeah, trending in one direction. And I'm just been wondering, you know, where do you think that's going? Well, first off big supporter of One Direction, so anything that well, we're going that, that direction, whichever way it is. Not a sponsor, but big fan. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> Aren't they broken up right now? Harry Styles is incredible. Yeah, Get Harry Styles for life. Yeah. Harry life. over Nile, for sure. Yeah, okay. Team Harry. Um, well, I, the, the first thing, obviously, we need to say is that, like, neither of us are experts, so anything that we, we say in this conversation is just things that we've talked about. And Bro, we both have college degrees. We're good. I mean, we do have college degrees, <laughs> but none of it is in science, medical, health, none of it. economics, none of it. Not, not even like social anything. Nope. At all. I can read books. No. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, but so I, I think even outside of like um, a church context or outside of Christian circles, outside of um, small friendship things like that like we we've been watching trends happen and you can read these studies and these articles and this research and all these things that have been gearing up trying to figure out how do we interact with technology well what does that look like and i think that's been the big fear you can read that but we haven't read any of those studies yeah no no i, I just clicked it. i just saw the titles that's it <laughs> yeah that's it okay just want to make but, sure that's it. <laughs> you you have all these things out there um that clearly that's been one of the big fears is like, are we getting less apt to build relationships? Are we getting more emotionally distant from each other? Are our friendships shallower? Do we share genuine, meaningful connection with people? Is technology robbing us of that? And you almost have like this Orwellian, Wally-ish, you know, scenario in people's minds where these screens are making us brain dead and we're just going to be sitting in chairs and rolling around while robots take care of us and like that's comical and funny and it's obviously a hyperbole but um i think that is a real fear that people have and you have things like tinder and like bumble and um all these different things that are a means of connecting with people through technology that probably do lean more toward that shallow side and so there's like legitimate reasons to ask that and to wonder about that and to figure out how do we use this? Because technology is a tool. Right. And, you know, if the, if the garden is our lives and the plants are our friendships and our connections and the meaningful things, technology is just a tool that's supposed to be used to help those things cultivate and grow. It's not good or bad. Right. It's neutral. And I think kind of we're, we haven't really had this break. Up until now, where technology has really grown without a break or really grown without a like a cap. Um, and I think there is a there is a point where it needs to be capped. And I think up until this point, we've got kind of two two worlds of thought where we've got younger people who very general 
you know, I'm going to be very speaking very general here, but younger people who are very pro-technology think it's very helpful, which it is and can be used, but sometimes it is used and abused and is used more than it needs to be. Um, there's a lot of cool things that can come from it where you can say one thing on the internet that hundreds of thousands of people see. You know, obviously not nothing that I'm doing with my 13 Twitter followers on my new account, but... Good follow. It's a good follow. <laughs> I'm, Lots of controversial takes on Toy Story. It's been from the top shelf. But, you know, people are, you know, they have a lot to say. And I think it's giving people a lot of power that maybe wouldn't have before. And a lot of, you know, influence. You know, we have a new term, influencers, that are people literally that just make money making content on the internet, which is amazing to me. Um, and so, like, we kind of have these, like, that turn of thought. Where it's like, the internet's great, maybe abuse it a little bit too much, but then we also have the train of thought where very resistant, very hesitant, almost hate it, almost despise it, um, because of... Almost afraid of it. And, yeah, and you can make the argument of being afraid of it, um, is causing all of those reactions. Um, and just because it's different, and change is hard, and I think even as a young person, like, change can be hard for me too. But yeah. I think change has also never been macro. It's only been micro. And I think we have a little bit of changing just a little bit over the last probably 15 years with technology. And I think this is kind of when everybody's had to go, oh, wait, we've changed. Like this is that point where when you mow your yard and you when you first start mowing, your grass is as high as your neighbor's. And then when you're done mowing, you're like, wow. You my yeah, my yard was way overgrown. I should have cut it a long time ago, and I think we're seeing that now. Where we're going, oh wait, we can zoom with a hundred people, we can work from home all the time, and it be okay. Our internet's fast enough to do that. Like I, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people have been afraid of, and the fact that we're able to do it seamlessly with credit cards over the phone, and it's safe and it's not easily hacked. That's amazing. Um, and had no idea that was possible. And just, there's so many different things that are, we didn't know were available until now. And, and so I, I think we've kind of talked, recapped, you know, where life is up to this point. So what we're, we're first, what were you going to say? And two, kind of, where do you think we go from here? Where does the new normal, you know, whenever that happens, if it's in the summer, fall, even next year, where's the new normal for us? Yeah, well, we we talked about this the other day, and you told me I was wrong for thinking uh, that there will Evan, be a Evan change. Evan is always wrong in our discussions. Usually, usually. Um, you know, I, I the thing we talked about is I struggle to say that there is going to be a new norm necessarily, that this is fundamentally going to force us into change. I don't think that's true. I think that at the end of the day, it could be that all this goes by and after six months, we go back to doing things much the same way we always have. And people are using things the exact same Which way Which is the opposite of what he said earlier this week. I no, just no, no. want that to be But, out there. <laughs> but what, what, is, what is really, really Which important... Which is my defense. What is really important is that it's not necessarily that it is going to change things. It's that we now have an opportunity to recognize flaws, to recognize opportunities and to choose between the two and to choose not to be passive on these things anymore. Because up until this point, we've been like kids in a candy shop with our technology and just like, Oh, look at everything you can do. Look at everything you can do. This is incredible. All these new opportunities, these new open doors. And we haven't been stopping to ask what it's been done or what we may be 
turning away from to those things and asking which is right in this moment. So I think one of the things we're noticing right now with COVID is that people are using technology for what? To connect with people. They're using technology to build community and be intentional in their friendships and relationships, which they've been neglecting for a long time. Like we talked about the fact that I've been like FaceTiming and Zooming with people who I don't keep up with on a regular basis most of the time, but I'm trying to be intentional about that right now. And so there's an example of like technology being used in a right way. And so what we have right now is an opportunity to rethink and remember even what community is, what friendships are, how this is used, what is really important, how can technology be used as a tool to lead us into those things rather than detract from them? Yeah, I think, and I think we're different in this because during this time, my social interaction really hasn't changed a ton <laughs> except with the people at work. Like I probably have not talked to any more people. I haven't talked to anybody that besides maybe um, grandma. my grandmother. Yeah, my yeah. grandmother texted me, which is hilarious in and of itself. Uh, the other day, just asking how great I'm doing. Great texter. <laughs> great texter. Great content. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> she said she was starting to go a little stir crazy, and I was like, aren't you already crazy? No response. Anyway. Um, yeah. That's when John broke his family. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, besides that, like, my social interaction with my family has been about the same, with my friends, has been about the same. Um, and that's fine. But I think for you, especially since you're more outgoing, you're more likely to go hang out with a like, couple friends a night during the week and and I do think that is emotionally exhausting yeah when in, instead like you're on zoom you know one night the next night for like an hour you're the next night you're on a call for like 30 minutes or whatever and I think it allows you to then space out your energy where you can talk to more people but you can also have deeper conversations you're not just going to a movie together you're actually talking you actually have to look at each other and talk because even though we do like stare at our phones a lot or stare at our computers a lot like you're lo- you're in- intentionally staring at your phone or your computer to talk to a friend. And so I think that it's kind of going along with what you're saying um, in terms of we are starting to use something for good. Um, but it's also just interesting to see like where the shift is happening. Because I do feel like we kind of were coming up on a crux where these two people were a very, you know, intense love internet, love everything that phone and technology Buying has their to offer. kids that baby coding book. <laughs> <laughs> what? There, there's a book for babies about how to write code. I need to read that. It's out there, man. <laughs> Go find it. <laughs> there's that side. Yeah, there's that side. Um, there's and then a, there's the Ron Swansons of the world. <laughs> there's a very small... <laughs> Delete all things off Ron Swansons. <laughs> Delete all things. Um... Yeah. But yeah, we've got these two, and there's a very, there's not really a middle on that. And I think yeah. the crux is giving us more of a middle. This time is giving us more of a middle. Like my parents and especially like my, um, I feel like my relatives who are older, who like maybe not my grandparents, but my aunt and uncle who are like in their 60s or so are able to maybe use Zoom or use uh, Facebook Live or Instagram Live to like get their you know, church services out there, which they've never had to do before. And they actually were very hesitant of and actually like publicly have despised and like talk bad about. And so I think this is like a really neat opportunity to come back towards the middle because maybe that's where we need to be. Um, and so that's kind of the technology side of that. What do you think about the, 
maybe the in-person interactions. You know, I think that's kind of where our conversation earlier this week has gone, where, you know, maybe there is going to be a deep crave to be in a big group of people, but maybe there won't be. Um, Just kind of, what do you think about that? Honestly, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I don't think people are going to be craving large groups and, you know, being with 50 people and just kind of vibing on the feel of the entire group. Um, Because I think what you're getting right now, people aren't really able to do that at the moment. Outside of Zoom calls where you can have, you know, several people. Too many people. (laughs) Too many people sometimes. (laughs) Middle school is playing the bass while you're (laughs) trying to talk to them. Um, You know, I I think people are going to be more geared toward small, meaningful relationships after this in a way that we haven't been for a while because that's what they're cultivating. They're calling a person. They're FaceTiming a person or like three people. And they're doing these small groups of people and building these meaningful connections with a small group of people, which I think is healthy. So you, do you think the need to go out will diminish? That's I think that's kind of no. the... Okay, so there's going to be more... There's That crowd is going to stay that crowd, you think. But you think maybe more of the middle will shift towards more one-on-one relationships. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I... I so there's going to be obviously less screen between us after COVID is over because we can actually see each other and like interact with love one another. Love is no longer blind. In person. Yeah, love does not have to be blind after this anymore. <laughs> um, but I think you're, yeah, you're probably going to see small groups of people hanging out together. Um, deeper connection. Like, you know that uh, I've been off Instagram and Twitter um, starting at the beginning of the year. I was for a while. I just got back on during COVID because... What else is there to do? I needed some kind of We're connection. making a podcast. I, I mean, mean <laughs> so like one of the reasons I got off was just, there's just too much. There's too many people. There's too much to keep up with. There's too m- much connection. I'm trying to feel with people through social media that I don't get to talk with on a day-to-day basis. And you, you spread your arms so wide to embrace so much that you end up strangling yourself. And that's kind of how social like media has been. Not like Red Rover. You get pulled over? Not even... Not a bit, but <laughs> not at all. The the opposite, hopefully, is now happening where people are grasping fewer things because they're being so intentional about who they're talking to. It's not for granted that there's like fifty people around me or a hundred and fifty people on social media all the time. So you're actually focusing on fewer relationships, and you can hold those people close. And I think that's a more meaningful connection. I definitely think the need for influencers will start to go down. Because I think people are going to start looking to their groups more. Yeah. Because I think That's like, a good point. And I'm looking at like Instagram these days too. And those influencers are like, not that I follow a ton, but I do follow a few. And they're posting like, miss it, miss these times. And like even reading articles like, influencers are really suffering. Which like, I don't know many people that feel sorry for them. Yeah. Because it's like, you literally make a life of posting pictures of yourself. But what do you see more of now? Like, you and me posting on Instagram. Like, For sure. Quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> hobby. I'm gardening now. Yeah. You Until know? tomorrow. Yeah. Until that, tomorrow. That, like, that whole... It's, it's people posting stuff now. Like, people who are the influencers in their friends' lives are now being influencers in their friends' yeah. lives. And you know, I, I'd say that the influencers, even, like, sports accounts, media accounts, that's really gone on deaf ears throughout all of this. Yeah. Because they... It's something about, like, the tone of everyday man. I'm thinking about, like, the imagine video where like all these celebrities are singing imagine um and i don't know if you saw that or no, not you seen that okay 
Um, anyway, it's all these celebrities like I'm seeing. Very imagine on like media. imagine if there's no more possessions, like you literally have a oh. three story mansion. Like it's like yeah. okay, you imagine it first, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so like it's just like what are you doing? Like are you deaf to how things are going? And so I could totally see that happening where maybe the influence comes off at the celebrity as much as it goes on to your group or, you know, maybe something you believe in. And so, you know, hopefully that's the case. I think that'd be positive. I think there are some really good people out there that do a lot of good things publicly. Yeah. But I think like maybe don't give them all your attention. Um, anyway, I think that's just kind of an interesting thing. And I kind of want to move towards, we're talking about public things too. Sporting events. That's huge. That's sport balls. My favorite. All the games. (laughs) My grandmother. Shoot that touchdown. (laughs) My granny who lives in my parents' house for years when I go over to their house on Sundays or any sports that are on. She's like, one of these days you're not going to have them and you're going to know. And I just want to say, she knew. Oh my gosh, she's cursed us. Wow. Let me tell you, we were watching National Geographic today. She was in her heyday. She has no idea what what's going on with these bears, but she is loving it. That's fantastic. Anyway, um, ironic you picked the bears. Also, uh, it was a great Smoky Mountains yeah. on. Um, they do like oh, national parks. Yeah, no, them. I've watched that. Show. It was good. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it was good. And so, um, yeah, like. She she knew this was going on, going to happen, which is hilarious. But, like, when things come back, when we do have sports again, are the arenas, stadiums, are they going to fill the same? Are they going to... I mean, you're sitting on concrete blocks with a bunch of sweaty adults. Like, do you really want to do that? Like, is that really what people are going to want to do after this? Because I feel like our germ, like, tolerance, like, we are super hypersensitive to germs right now and so like where are germs where people are (laughs) and so like what do you think do you think sports are going to return back to normal like do you think we'll have hundred thousand seat stadiums like what do you think i (laughs) i i think if sports don't return back to normal it is not going to be because bubba's afraid of germs keeping them out of the game man bubba's peeing in a trough and he's getting the boiled peanuts and he's throwing the shells on the ground and he does not care it's not going to be germs that keeps him away um we talked before i think about just the fact that like in the south it's very very different like is college football going to stay pretty big in the South after all this? Most likely. Like, that's going to be a hard thing for me to see not really happening um, unless people are forced to stop coming to games. But outside of that, like, you can just, for the cost of your cable bill, stay at home, eat whatever you want, not pay a ton of money, walk four feet to the bathroom where nobody else is... (laughs) And enjoy and get a better view of the game sometimes. For sure. You know? And I think, you know, we could talk about tradition all day. And I think we may talk about it at least at some point. But tradition is a huge part of that. And, like, how That's people the view. Going. Yeah, exactly. And, like, all these different schools have all these different traditions. We were talking about Notre Dame has all these different things. Go Irish. Go Irish. Has all these different things you can do. To play like a champion today, you know, yeah. they go and pray before every game. Um, a little leprechaun runs out. Le- a little leprechaun Come runs on. out. 
bagpipes. I mean, it's amazing. It's it's a spectacle. Yeah. But I'll if you're it. not into that, if you're just a normal person who thinks sports is are okay, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have red hair, so you have no choice. Wow. Okay. Um. Oops. Uh. So. Like, are sports going to return back to that? Like, are they going... Like, if you don't have a huge love for tradition, which, I mean, the South is filled with it with sports. And I think they are with churches, too, and a lot of things. I think the South is a very yeah. traditional way of doing things. Yeah, it's a stronghold, for sure. Yeah. And so, if you don't have a main drive towards tradition, like, yeah, well, why wouldn't you save money? Why wouldn't you want air conditioning when it's 80 degrees, 90 degrees, 100 degrees outside? Yeah. And so, like, I could see that shifting. Um, and I think, as well, schools are going to suffer from this, especially. I think, like, you know, professional teams, they will probably take a big of a hit. But I think it'll be easier to rebound because they're not funding a lot of sports that don't receive revenue. You know, they're going to pay or they're going to do what works. Yeah. Schools, you know, they have all these different rules where they have to have so many different sports. And I think they kind of run into this. Well, football pays for so many other sports that if we don't have football, then we may not have women's air hockey. You know, it's like, there's so many different things. A sport I need more of in my life. Honestly, I'd be down women's for women's air, air hockey. Or foosball. ESPN Ocho. Why do you not have that yet? <laughs> I'm in on it. Um, anyway, I just think like, that's going to be big, especially for schools. And I think yeah. if it's not returning back to normal, if it diminishes maybe 10 Fifteen percent. It's schools, a bigger deal. Yeah, schools are going to suffer, especially the smaller schools. Yeah. Um, Union may lose its football team. Oh wait, they don't. Crickets. They don't have insert, one. insert insert crickets uh, oh no. here. Oh, this is awkward. Undefeated <laughs> um, since eighteen twenty three. Holla. <laughs> so kind of the I, I think that's a good, you know, segue into Zoom. Where we are with the technology Zoom. part. Um, More Zoom calls in my life, please. <laughs> less in person. Let me wear pajamas and a suit on top. Um, but like, okay. When this is over, or actually, if this goes on for longer, let's say. I feel like all of these like media outlets, um, sports teams especially, churches especially, are going above and beyond and putting things out there on Instagram, social media. They're trying to have these Zoom interactions. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's that's sustainable? Like, I feel like they're doing even more now on social media than they were ever doing during a season, during, like, when we were meeting in person. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, an overreaction. I feel like if this is still going on in six months, the traction's just not there. Like, I really do. And, I mean, it may be sad... But, like, I also think, like, like we're saying, some of it's more one-on-one -on -one based. Some of it's going to be more just a smaller community. And I think the longer this goes on, the smaller the community will get and how people will receive that. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? One of the things we're seeing is that people are being taken out of the, the norm. They're being taken out of their conceived notion of this is going to be my day in day out every day for life and this is standard and this is routine this is going to keep happening 
And it's like if you have a room full of things on the walls and the room gets shaken, some of them are glued on the walls and some of them are nailed on the walls. The things that are glued are going to fall down. And so we're seeing what actually sticks, what is staying on the walls, what is permanent and important. And I think it's going to be interesting. It, I, I think it's almost interesting, too, that, yes, we just had a big shake, but we're already trying to glue things back up on the wall. Like, I yeah. think that's the interesting thing is like clearly when it did shake, yes, there were a bunch of things that were nailed, but we're like, oh wait, we need to go ahead and start gluing things back up on the wall and making our own new normal to an nth degree and rather letting like, sorry to like cut off your thought, but like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> rather than like, I don't know, focusing on the nail, like focusing on what's important. We're still trying to play the stupid game and you know, buy extra video games for no reason or buy, because uh, I did that, uh, or buy like random things just for no reason, just because we want more stuff that, that and it's trying to look different. Well, that's what I'm saying by like, this is an opportunity that's in front of us. Look, this is a, this is a, if, if something big happens in your life as an individual, you take that as like, oh, this is an opportunity. I can learn from this. I'm going to do something with this. This is a large scale global opportunity of something big happened which means the opportunity for it is equally as big Mm -hmm. so you know people with sports for instance if people aren't like freaking out about sports being gone and when they come back if people are just kind of like ah you know i've gone the last six months and didn't really notice that i didn't have it that's a big sign that like this is not that important to me and yes they're great we love sports they're entertaining but can you be entertained by other things? Yes. Right. And I think people, hopefully, the goal here is that they're seeing that opportunity and they're taking notice of, okay, when everything is gone, these are the things that are most important to me. Somebody once said to me, there's abundance and scarcity. And that's, you know, that's a paradox. That's an oxymoron to say that. But it makes perfect sense that when there are fewer things, you have a greater abundance in the few things that you do have. And you start to realize how important those things are. So in our normal life, we scatter ourselves across all these different things. I'm a sports fan over here. I work here. I'm doing this. I'm part of that club. I'm friends with these people. I'm doing this. My Thursday night, you know, intramural league is over here. Like you have all these different things going on and there's very little, there's scarcity actually in your abundance in that moment. And right now we're having the opposite of there is scarcity in our opportunities, which means there's abundance in what we do have right now. And if people will slow down long enough, if we will slow down long enough to take stock of, man, these are the places my heart is drawn each day. These are the things I keep thinking about each day right now with what I have. These are probably the important things to me that I just don't normally notice. Yeah. I think it's hilarious too, like these... Um... TV networks, like especially sport networks, are are broadcasting games that happened like before, which is it's just funny because in the off season, let's just say this is just the off season for sports, they wouldn't be showing these games, <laughs> like they'd be doing something else. Bro, I told and you. And the fact that they're like, yeah, we've got to show Monday Night Football from Week Eight of the NFL. Like, yeah. no, we don't. Like, I don't understand. It's the off season. We weren't showing it anyway. Like, it's okay talk about other like it's it's okay like we can talk about what's yeah. going on i just i don't get it i told you i was in the gym bef- before covid shut down the gyms <laughs> i'm obeying the laws here 
But before COVID shut everything down, I was in the gym and ESPN was on one of the TVs and they were doing a bracket of a famous college basketball girl player versus famous college basketball guy player. Mm. And they were doing a March Madness bracket. But I'd rather do that. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd rather do that than watch like... Sure, 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 sure. Like at least like, they're trying to do something yeah. new. But it's like, that's that's how desperate we are right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're doing this. Yeah. It was wild. I didn't see who won. Was, oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't stick around. It was a short workout. I'm not surprised. They mostly <laughs> are. Well, um, you know, this has been a good, interesting conversation. And um, I think we probably could talk for a while about this. Uh, but we've got something else to talk about next. And I hope Ooh. you are excited as I am to go into the Mount Rushmore of history figures. Yes, I said it. History figures. Hold on to your seats. Hold on to your butts may come up as a reference in this segment. We'll see. My just. All right, so we're back on our uh, moderately enjoyable podcast. Hopefully, Your favorite low-budget podcast. Favorite low-budget, solo-budget. We don't have a microphone. We're just using my phone. Hopefully, we can get some sponsors here soon. It's an iPhone 3, in case you were wondering. It's not an iPhone 3, you jerk. Um, so, uh, as I referenced in our previous segment before our little break uh we will be doing a mount rushmore of historical people which if you have not heard of a mount mount rushmore they've not heard i mean it's only us who do this no i've heard it there's a couple podcasts that do this wow really yeah we're actually just stealing this um i mean i feel like if it's more than one person it's okay cool Nobody's us, Evan. We do our own thing. If, like, five people plagiarize the same person, it's okay, then. Sure. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Mount Rushmore of historical people. First, a Mount Rushmore, for those of you who don't know, if you have seen or even heard of the Mount Rushmore, four famous presidents. Can you name the four? Not a chance. Not a chance. George Washington. Thomas Jefferson. Abraham Lincoln. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Your fave, Teddy Roosevelt. That's true. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> wow. Let's get those national Walk parks. Tall, carry a big stick. <laughs> Let's get those national parks and the Suez. Did he Panama Rip Canal? Or Suez Canal? Panama Canal. Okay. Well, anyway. He was a good guy. A lot of, heard a lot of great also things. Trust Buster. popularized smiling in photographs. People didn't smile before him, really. Uh, he made it really famous. Your license picture tells me otherwise, because if you really liked Teddy Roosevelt... I murdered somebody before, before that license picture from the looks of it. Yeesh. It was um, not good. Oh, hope this doesn't ever get out in public. <laughs> um, so... He said from the looks of it. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. <laughs> There's no confirmation, Tiger King. Uh, so, we have... There is no overlap of people we can do in Mount Rushmore. So, we will both pick four people that we think are the best people. And we will do the snake draft style, which if you're not familiar with the snake, don't get lost in it, as I've heard on a podcast that has done the Mount Rushmore. So it is easy to get confused on whose turn it is in the snake style. It'll work great. So we'll do great. And it'll be awesome. Anyway, so once it's take, once the person is taken off the board, then no repicking of that person. And then we can do an honorable mentions at the end. So now you did mention that we are doing extra biblical characters like right. outside. So I don't think I mentioned this before the break, but yes, we are only doing characters who are not in the Bible. Because obviously. Well, we've done that before. Not on a podcast, obviously. We That's may true. have to re- revisit it one day if these corn tapes go too far. 
but not in the Bible historical figures. I will start. My first pick in the Mount Rushmore of historical people will be Homer of the Iliad and the The Odyssey. No. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, Evan. Me neither. (laughs) So, Homer. 9.30 every night. (laughs) Really random pick. I'm sure you're thinking, I would have never picked Homer. Why would you go with him first? Yeah. I am currently listening to a book called Dominion by Tom Holland, which is a very interesting intellectual book if you're into that. But pretty much what he starts talking about is he starts with Greek history, kind of goes into the world before Christianity really took the scene. So he's talking about all these different things. And I was thinking while listening to that, Homer, literally this book is, Iliad and the Odyssey, is probably the second, really, isn't it the second like most published book ever? And like that, that oh, ma- it was written in like the 400 BCs. Like, that is insanely early. We still read it. And we still read it. I literally read yeah. it. And, like, can you imagine this dude being like, yeah, this this book's going to be read for over a thousand years. Yeah. Like, if I could say something I write will last over a thousand years, give it to me every day of the week. Now, the question is, where do you land on? Was Homer one person, real person, multiple people? We're going with, for the sake of this, he's one person. And he, he is. He counts all four of your Rushmore's. <laughs> he, he's my Rushmore. He Man, is Rushmore. Homer. Anyway, first overall pick, Homer. Give me yours. First overall pick, that's tough. Um, and just so people are not confused, you have two picks here. Yeah, I will, I will do two in a row. Um, I'm going to go not by how much he like impacted broadly, but I'm picking people based off of people that I really like and respect. Mm. We're going to go with that approach. Uh, this is probably just recency bias, but... Dietrich Bonhoeffer has to be he my He is person. a great man, for sure. Yeah. Um, if you don't know his story, basically he um, he was a pastor in Germany from this incredible family, and he was just one of the wisest, smartest people around at that time in Germany, but eventually um, also became one of the people who just trusted and followed the Lord the best that anybody was at the time when Hitler was coming into power. And uh, Bonhoeffer became a part of the the people who were trying to get Hitler out of power, eventually became a part of the conspiracy to assassinate Hitler, left America to go back into war-torn, Nazi-ruled Germany um, to pastor people and to be there because he felt like he had to be with the German people while they were suffering or he couldn't be a part of the rebuilding afterward, which is just really, really cool to think about a guy choosing to put himself in danger because he felt like the Lord was leading him to put his life at risk. To identify with his people because that is the gospel in a nutshell um and eventually he was de- arrested and uh, put into a concentration camp and died but mm-hmm. wrote several books cost of discipleship life together like really 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 profound and that's the longest biography ever i am 500 <laughs> pages in and still have like 300 pages to go <laughs> so thank you eric short. metaxas oh my gosh right less <laughs> next time That's all right good. so bonhoeffer your your number one pick very solid i think we went kind of opposite of the spectrum there and we did um, we really did maybe we won't have any trouble not having any overlap but i don't think we will all right <laughs> give me your second pick second pick this is a sneaker 
A sneaker? A sneaker. <laughs> a dark horse coming in just at the last minute. You didn't see it coming, and it's off the wall, but one of my all-time favorite people from history is Frederick Douglass. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. I, man, his story is incredible. He had great hair from the pictures. Great hair, and his ruffle collar. Yes, I was just thinking... Yeah. His what, was that a bolo tie? No, that's not a bolo tie. <laughs> it's not a bolo tie. What is tie? that tie? It's just just uh, a. It's outstanding. It's like it a is. bow bow tie meets a bolo tie. It is like a bow. Yeah, it actually is because yeah. it it ruffles down. Incredible, incredible. But his life is just outstanding, and his ability to put himself in a situation, and say, "I'm going to make the most of this, regardless of what is given to me." And teach himself, grow, learn, write, and then work to change people's lives, his own people's lives. Outstanding. Incredible guy. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yours are, you're very serious on this. Um, so, <laughs> my next pick will be probably George Washington. Whoa. So, I read, I know, what a, he's on the Mount Rushmore, so what a... What a shock. Incredible. Um, anyway, I read uh, 1776 uh, mm. not too long ago. forgot who... Gosh, who wrote that book? Anyway. The guy. Yeah. You know. If you look up 1776, the book, it's it's his book. The only um, one by that title. It's the only one. So, anyway, this man, like, not only was such a great, like, person... But the fact that they literally were like, we'll anoint you, like, we'll make you king. And he's like, nah, that's what we just try to get rid of. And he said just like that. Um, he turned down that power and that, like, all of that for the betterment of the people. Just shows, like, what kind of leadership, like, really is. And the fact that he didn't win the Revolutionary War by himself, but he did a ton of work. And he did a lot of that and totally would have been happy with how much money he had and all the status he had already, if he would just sat on it and just been like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Like a lot of them did. Um, he did a, just, he was such a great, honorable leader in that. Um, with my next pick. Three? This is my third. Yeah. This third. So. In case you lost, this is his third. Yeah. I think you just got a little lost in the snakeskin. I, I was asking for a friend. Okay. Yeah. Third pick. Gosh, I've been all the way back at the beginning. Well, not the beginning, but ancient. Taking back, yeah. I've been, you know, pretty far back, 300 years, 350 years. And then I think I should go a little more recent for this next pick. Mm. So my next pick in the 2020 quarantine, moderately enjoyable podcast you see, I'm stalling because I'm still trying to think of one. If you yeah, I did notice. Do you need me to vamp for a little while? <laughs> what would you vamp about? I don't know. I'd probably talk about uh, shirtless dad a little bit more. <laughs> God, shirtless dad. <laughs> shirtless hot dad. <laughs> Jeez, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. She'll be so confused. Granny, if you're out there, <laughs> <laughs> Granny's not listening. To it. Um, she's on Zoom, man. What you talking about? No, she's not the one. No, she and I. Don't. Um. I'm probably going with, and this is so stupid, but I like this pick. I'm going with LeBron James. And <laughs> the face you're giving right now. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. The man has what? been LeBron to James. so many NBA finals and lost. I just, you didn't pick Kobe? 
No, it's t- too soon. Too soon. Okay. Um, no, LeBron James. I think not only is he an exceptional basketball player, but he is honestly one of the first. I feel like even though I don't agree with everything he says, he's one of the first athletes to really just like talk, um, and like really get his opinion out there. And you know, as I said, I don't agree with most of what he says, really. But you know, it's it's good to see that like people like him have an opinion, and I think he's. You know, very smart, and I think he's very well educated, and I think he's just a a very interesting guy in history. Um, You know, the amount of media attention like he has gotten, he's probably the most media player, like the first really over media player, at least in my lifetime. I wasn't really allowed for Michael Jordan. You know, I know that he probably got maybe similar media attention in that time period, but like that guy was literally followed around all the time when he left for Miami literally the biggest deal ever people were burning jerseys people were it was like a riot in Cleveland I just think that's wild he was a very polarizing figure and I think history you know I think he will he will be remembered I think so that was my third pick I need to try to think if I can come up with a fourth one in the time of your middle two picks oh I have to pick two right now (sighs) yes the snake this is yeah, but you're last two, so... Um, alright, here's an unpopular pick. <laughs> we're the unpopular, mildly enjoyable <laughs> podcast. I know, nobody really cares about any of these people, I'm sure, at this point. Um, I, so this is just somebody who personally has obviously greatly affected my life. And kind of like LeBron for you, I don't agree with everything on his worldview, or on how he approached things, or on what he did. But, um, Christopher McCandless... Never heard of her. Who? You have to. <laughs> uh, he is the the real life person behind Into the Wild. Um, long story short, he grew up in not a great home, went to Emory um, for college, had everything stacked up in front of him to go well, and then just walked away from it all and started walking to Alaska, literally just walking to Alaska. And uh, just his journey was has been written about many times. There was a movie Sean Penn directed several years ago that was really, really good. Emile Hirsch is incredible. Um, also, Vince Vaughn is in it. So, I mean. Wow. Is it a comedy? And uh, Kristen Stewart shows up in it. And she was actually good. If you can <laughs> believe that. I know. Um, but his story is just incredible. And uh, the things that he experienced and just to watch his life and what he went through in that journey... Um, we can all learn a lot from. And at the very end, the, like one of the last things he wrote, uh, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but I think it was, happiness only real when shared. And for a guy who was running away from his family, running away from relationships, trying to find himself, find happiness and peace in the world, to come to the end right before he died and to realize happiness is only real when it's shared with other people and I'm dying here alone. Like he's remembering all the good things. That's a really profound thing. I think it's really awesome. So Christopher McCandless... Okay, there's three. Coming in at number three. Uh, man, I really want to pick Samuel L. for number four. Samuel L. Jackson, really? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. Golly, name a, name a good movie he's in. Or like where he does a good job in the movie. He's in a lot Jurassic of movies. Jurassic Park. Okay, but he's not the main character. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> what an iconic line. That is a great Come line. Come on now. Please! <laughs> He's good in everything. Uh, 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 you you got to say the magic you word. Say the magic word. <laughs> Incredible. He's awesome. Uh, number four. See, now I'm going to have to stall for a little bit. 
It's so hard, <laughs> man. Um, I got. I know what your fourth one should be. What should my fourth one be? We just watched the movies like last week. You think it should be J.R.R. Tolkien? Dude, you literally went to that movie, said it was fine, when everyone ripped it apart. Said it was stupid. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's good. You were the only one defending that movie, even though it was awful. But it's about his life. Yeah, Tolkien is incredible. Yeah, you uh, love you Sure, love you know what? I'll go for it. Put Tolkien on the Rushmore. I'll add him up there. Dude was incredible. His books are some of the most profoundly impactful things you can ever pick up and put your eyes on. He is outstanding. An incredible writer, incredible linguist, incredible world builder, incredible narrative writer. Golly. Just... Lord of the Rings, I mean, for those of you who have not watched it. What are you doing? Well, one, how dare you? But skip The Hobbit. Two, how dare you? Um, skip The Hobbit. So, it's... The the movie's like, you can't even think about it being, you know, in another world kind of thing. You just have to get into the story. The story by itself, the fact he built that whole world for the story, because that story doesn't exist in today's world. You don't fix that with just humans. Like adding in elves, adding in hobbits, adding in orcs. wizards, orcs, all these different things. You know, I think it's just incredible in how much it like actually says about like humans and people and nature and things like that uh that that movie is or those books i haven't read the books yet hopefully i'll get them on audiobooks come on new quarantine thing <laughs> um it's pretty incredible like he's he's a boss um yeah for sure that's and why i picked him for you the, <laughs> i appreciate that the way that he is able to reflect the things that we feel most deeply but don't want to talk about and then he reflects them in his characters, and then you're reading or watching the movies, and you're like, yes. that." Yeah. When Sam almost drowns himself going after Frodo, and you make fun of me for this all the time, but he gets in the boat, and he's like, I made a promise! Evan's crying right now. <laughs> it gets me every, every single time. Every time. I've seen this movie with him at least three times. Oh he's my cried gosh. Every single time. It anyway, gets me every time. If you've never watched them all the way through, and you're like, that's stupid, why would I ever watch them? Just, just watch them with an open mind. Give them a try. I think you genuinely, if you can get in on the story, you'll be very impressed. That's all I have to say in defense of your fourth pick. <laughs> Thanks for making it for me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, all right, what's your fourth? My fourth was almost the counterpart, C.S. Lewis. But I... Mm, not Clive Staples? <laughs> Clive Staples, my man. Uh, it's not going to be him. I think he's a fact, clear... He did start Staples, the department store. He may have used him. Yeah. Did they use him? Staples? Okay, anyway, so it, I thought about him, but I think this book I read, I read this as a kid about um, this specific person and how he grew up in school. And I guess I related this as I tried to make myself feel special by just feeling like I'm the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one who ever feels this way. I'm so lonely, whatever. So it's Thomas Edison. You're four. It's fine. It's fine. We're not getting into Enneagram types here. Maybe later. Um, it's Thomas Edison. Because wow. he is one of those guys who, growing up, was always like made fun of for talking too much in school. Asking too many questions. Got kicked out of school multiple times for asking too many questions. And his parents always went to bat mm. for him. And I really related to that. Because I have really great parents who always came to fight for me whenever I talked too much in school. Or did something stupid. They always were there. Very graceful people. And I really related to him. And the fact that he never never gave up on 
inventing the light bulb. And even, even though he only took it so far before Tesla went the step further, yeah. um, even has a car now, um, there is no Edison car, but anyway, so that, that really, I think he's a very admirable person. I, I would definitely put him on my Mount Rushmore people and especially Americans. I think he's right up there at the top. My question for you is how many AR points did you get for reading his biography? <laughs> Gosh, Accelerator was the worst. <laughs> I remember I tried Lord of the Rings, speaking of. As so many AR points. So many AR points. I failed it. I think you could take it like two or three times. <laughs> I got like a 40 the first time. I think I got it worse the second time. And I don't even know how that's possible. But yeah, this is, yeah, wow. it was so hard. Anyway, honorable mentions. Do you have any? C.S. Lewis, obviously one of them. I have so many honorable. I mean, like <laughs> you said, Genghis Khan before we started. So, <laughs> he was efficient at doing what he did. Right? Alexander the Great. Very influential people. You may not like them; they were terrible guys, but very influential people. LeBron James of his time, Alexander the Great. Uh, they're different. Like John Chrysostom <laughs> is one of my favorite people from history. Look him up; he's awesome. Uh, obviously, the reformers are very impactful on my life oh, and the hmm. world we live in. Today. Interesting, Evan. So. Like that, you know, those are big things. Also, the queen. Like, ooh, come I on. the dude, crown is incredible. I thought about saying, honestly, uh, I've thought about saying Queen Elizabeth. I honestly. love the crown. Watch the crown. Yeah. Season three is the best. It's really, really. Evan fought through. Evan can't even get through season two. Poor no, him. yeah, I haven't made it through any of it, yeah. but it's outstanding. Yeah. Well, anyway, sweet. Um, well, that's pretty much all we've got for today. Please, if this ever sees the light of day and people actually listen to it, let us know if Don't you like this. Don't tell us how you felt about it. Well, tell us it was great and tell us that we're wonderful and that, you know, do that Oreo technique of compliments. I love that, like, compliment. Thing you should do better. Another compliment on the way out. I prefer the technique of compliment, compliment, compliment. Don't give me Is that just time. one? Is this just a chocolate cookie? No, that's a most stuffed Oreo. <laughs> that's what they have now. Ah. Uh, yeah, the well, anyway, Evan, it's been great. Hope we can do it it's again. It's been moderately enjoyable. John. It's been, that's uh, sure, moderately enjoyable. Hopefully, you as well found this moderately enjoyable third chair. And uh, hope to see you next next time.